Hello, and thank you for joining us on Giving Voice to Depression. I'm Bridget. And I'm Terry. More than 350 million people worldwide suffer from depression, but you do not have to have it yourself to be affected by it. Its prevalence pretty much guarantees that someone you care about battles its darkness. This podcast tries to shine some light into that darkness. We're not experts, and we're not therapists. We're sisters and best friends who live with depression and are committed to encouraging healthy, healing conversations about mental illness. Hi, Bridget. Hi, Terry. When we started our podcast a year ago, our goal and intention was to have candid, intimate, real conversations with people about all aspects of depression, Mm -hmm. how people experience it, how they choose to treat it or not what they wish other people understood about the illness, how stigma affects them, and pretty much any other details that they're willing to share (laughs) with us in a joined effort to normalize discussions about mental illness and to reduce not just ignorance and discrimination, but isolation. Absolutely. And today's episode takes that intimacy to a new level. Because it's not just a backstage pass to one person's experience, but into a marriage. Becca was diagnosed 26 years ago with bipolar disorder, the combination of depression and mania, which used to be called manic depression. Her husband, Joe, is her primary support. And they reached out to us to share their story because they've learned a lot over their nearly 17-year marriage. And they don't want anyone who's new to the experience of mental health challenges or who's in relationship with someone who lives with one to have to reinvent the wheel again themselves. Mm -hmm. So here are the Lombardos with their story of struggle and communication and most obviously enviable love and support. Joe admits that in the very early days, Becca's mental health struggles were cause for pause. We actually had a, a bit of a false start when we first met, you know, and that was that it was, was a hurdle. Yeah, and that was me, and that was, you know, my fear and ignorance of not understanding what she was going through. But Joe says, when apart, he couldn't stop thinking about her, and about two years later, they reconnected. So I I pursued it, and I didn't let. You know, her her bipolar disorder, her depression stand in the way of things. I knew it wasn't going to be easy. I knew that when we started dating. I knew that the day I married her. Everybody asked me about it when I married her. Do you know what you're getting yourself into? Do you realize what she goes through? I didn't care about any of that because I knew how wonderful of a person that she was. And 16 plus years after the fact, you know, I love her more than I did the day I married her. And I loved her a pretty good amount the day I married her. Joe gets what everybody who struggles with a mental health diagnosis knows. And that's the thing that I've learned with this beautiful woman sitting right next to me early on is that there was so much more to her than her illnesses. Um, she's She's beautiful. She's funny as hell. And she cracks me up at least once a day with some of the -the off-the-wall stuff that she says or does. And beyond that, he witnesses and values Becca's fortitude. Rebecca is so much stronger of a person, number one, than I am, and number two, than most people that I have ever met. And she does it in spite of what she goes through on a daily basis. Yeah, I honestly had no choice in the matter, you know? Yeah. You find out that you're bipolar and 
you know, you think it's just taking a few pills and it's going to be fine. And you know, over not. the years, it just gets worse and worse and worse. So yeah, there's, there's, there's no choice in the matter. You got to man up. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's stronger than anybody I've ever met. When Becca says it got worse, she is not exaggerating. About 12 years into their obviously special marriage. It's, it's not been easy. And especially in, in 2013, things got pretty hard. Um, you know, I have a loving spouse and I couldn't complain really about my life, but something inside of me wasn't happy, wasn't um, wasn't doing okay. It started to build up and build up and build up and just a lot of different situations compounded the whole, the whole thing. And um, I decided that I was going to try and take my life and I did attempt I ended up in the hospital on suicide watch, and then they they came to me and said the state is having you committed because of what you did. So um, you know we're sending you to this place, and it was just horrible. It was the most godforsaken place. Joe describes the experience as being as dire for his wife as her attempt on her life was. It was chaos, not even controlled chaos, just straight up chaos. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. It was. Easily just as traumatic as what she had uh, gone through prior to to that. The worst part about that whole thing was when they brought me there and uh, strapped down on a stretcher, you know, Hannibal Lecter style, you know, and they bring me in and we get to the doors and the lady that works in there is like, no, no, he can't come in. He can't come in. So I had to say goodbye to Joe right then and there, not knowing when I would ever see him again. You know, and that was the most that difficult. Was, that was pretty upsetting. Yeah, yeah it really, really for, was. For both of us because it kind of caught us both mm-hmm. off guard. So we'll leave it at that, but you get the idea. So today, as they offer advice, recognize that it comes from a place of knowing, really knowing how dark and hopeless things can get. Well, the, the I found that the most important thing when I'm struggling is, as hard as it is, is to communicate, especially with uh, Joe, because he's the one that's got to live with me, you know, and um, I don't ever want it to seem as if my mood, I'm taking it out on him. So the first thing I do is say, hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm not doing good. I'm not having a good day. And he knows what that means now, but for anyone who is just sort of beginning that type of journey, uh, you know, you may have to explain there's something going on with me and I I don't know what it is. I, you know, I I can't figure it out. I'm just really, really depressed or really sad or exhausted or whatever the case may be. And and the thing is too, is you developed into that, you know, early on it, it was, you know, I don't, I don't feel good. I've got this, you know, and it was, you know, trying to explain away what you were going through. And I think it's it's a matter of just, you know, self-awareness and self-growth that you were finally like, no, you know what, I'm, I'm having a bad day and it's because of my condition and I need to let you know. And here's a bit of insider information that nearly every person we have talked to about their depression has said. Really important thing for people to know and remember if they're, if they have someone in their lives that deals with depression or is is struggling, I can just about guarantee you that that person doesn't want you to fix what's happening in their life. Um, They just need you to hear them out or, you know, be supportive, you know, and 
say when when you finally feel better i'll be here that was something that i had to learn i don't want to say i learned it the hard way but you know it took it took the first couple years of our marriage it took me acknowledging she doesn't need me to fix this for her she just needs me to be there through it you know and so i stopped trying to find the answers to to quote unquote fix what was wrong with her because there's nothing wrong whatsoever with my wife she just has an illness and it's a matter of you know living with it and accommodating for it and you know helping out wherever i can so when becca lets him know she's having a bad day instead of fixing it or disputing ignoring or putting her down like some people experience joe asks is there anything i can do or say that would make it better you know and sometimes there isn't she'll tell me and then sometimes there isn't she'll most say, of the times there there isn't anything but the fact that he's said that is enough to to lift my spirits a little bit mm-hmm. you know so yeah it's it's very comforting and there are times of course it doesn't go perfectly smoothly because these are real people and this is real life but even then their communication and respect are so obvious as to be palpable you know, eventually I figured out, well, no, this isn't anything I did or didn't do. And once in a while it is. Once in a while, I, you know, I'm human, I make mistakes, and I'll do something that's upsetting to her, you know. And if I do, I apologize, you know, um, and I try and fix it. But, you know, really it's a matter of being able to stop and, and say, well, no, this is – she's going through something right now. And even if she's taking it out of me or yelling at me or whatever – it's it's not anything that I did, you know. So if I get angry at this situation, all it's going to do is make it worse, you know. Right. And that respect and understanding go both ways. There have been times where Becca's blown up at me and then realized mm-hmm. after the fact that, that she's done so and she's apologized to me, you know, and that means a lot to me as well, you know. Um, I even I wrote an article about how important it is for those of us with these different conditions to support and uh, be there for the, your caregiver, whoever that may be, you know, because it's sometimes it's a thankless job putting up with me, <laughs> you know, and I, I know a lot of people that are that are like me. So to that point, Joe reminds that healthy boundaries are part of any healthy relationship. You know, one uh, back messages me at work. She understands that I'm at work and that there are times that I can't talk for, you know, whatever reason that I'm because mm-hmm. I'm working, you know. And so she she gets it. And she'll, you know, sometimes when she messages me that she has a bad day, she says, you know, look, you don't have to call me back or anything. Just letting you know. And then it's it's on me whether or not I can call back right then and there or if I can call her back down the road or text her back or what have you. You're probably noting a theme here. Communication is key. You know, it, it's just really important that you're always, even through your own pain, you have to be sensitive about what other people are going through. I think that if more people were sensitive to those types of things, that we wouldn't get as many messages about, hey, I, you know, I, I can't stand my husband right now. You know, he's he's always depressed. He won't get help. Da 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 da. And I, and I think that if you just were more understanding and more open with the communication, that you probably wouldn't be sitting there saying, I can't stand my husband right now. Becca and Joe get those comments on social media. 
they're kind of rock stars on Twitter with the popular hashtag KeepTalkingMH, MH being mental health. Becca has also put together a collection of her blogs in a book, which we'll link to. But after talking with them, we wish they would co-author a manual of do's and don'ts when in a relationship with someone who goes through hard times. And of course, that doesn't just have to be limited to mental health. It could be chronic pain or any other number of life's challenges. Because some of the things a life of struggle teaches you are resilience, empathy, and perspective. Yeah, it's a little bit of being able to walk in another person's shoes. I think I think we as a society needs to learn to do that a little bit more. Um, you know, it comes down to being able to be there for people and help people. You know, not not just the people that suffer from mental illness, but people in general. You know, um, you see all these anti-bullying campaigns and whatnot all over the place, but it but it still happens, and people still get bullied. And why is that? You know, so yeah, if if we actually took a minute and actually tried to show compassion to everybody and understanding, I think things would be a lot better all the way around. Wow, they inspire me. Mm-hmm. I love the notion that the journey toward better communication and refining boundaries is developed over time. You know, mm. there's a, there's an allowing and an ease in that that I really appreciate. Very nice. And I love that just asking, you know, is there anything I can do or anything I can say, even if the answer is no, it's helpful to just be asked. Because then you don't feel alone, right? Right. Absolutely. Such a loving, supportive relationship. I think I'm going to listen to this five more times. <laughs> cry. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very and, sweet. And, and that reminder of, you know, most of the time, most people don't want somebody to fix it. They mm-hmm. want somebody to, you know, as Joe said, to be there mm-hmm. through it with them. Talk about addressing isolation. Yes, wonderful. Just a lovely story, and we're grateful to have them. And the things that drew me to Rebecca first on Twitter was that she posts very honestly, and it's not, you know, uh, in a privacy-invading way. It's just sort of like, I'm having a bad mental health day, so I'm not going to be posting or I'm not going to be responding to people. I'll be back as soon as I can. And it's just so nice because you'd say, have a terrible migraine or broke my leg today. So I, I love the way she just addresses it as an illness, as we're always saying. So that was one reason I really did want to talk to the two of them. Which is another, like, not just in their dynamic as husband and wife, but the communication and boundaries that she's even having in her business, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm, I, I don't have anything to give today. Right. <laughs> no, I, I can't be available to anyone else because I need to be available to myself. That's a good way to put it. So thank you to both Joe and Rebecca. We really appreciate your time and your perspective and uh, letting us peek behind the curtain of your marriage. Bye, Bridge. Bye, Terry. We hope that these shared stories bring out a little more understanding or help people articulate their experiences of depression a little more clearly or more freely. Thanks to all, everyone who's digging deep and finding the words and finding the courage to give voice to depression. You can find all the other episodes, some resources, and a blog on our website, givingvoicetodepression.com. And you can find the podcast most of the other places that you find podcasts. Just Google it, as our mom says. And please remember, if you're hurting, speak up. If someone else is hurting, listen up.